You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning. Our scripture passage this morning is in the book of Mark, chapter 14, verses 32 and on. Hear these words of the Lord. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter and James and John and began to be distressed and agitated. And he said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and keep awake. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, this hour might pass from him. Jesus prayed, Abba, Father, for you, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. He came and found the disciples sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep awake one hour? Keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, Jesus went away and prayed, saying the same words. And once more, he came and found the disciples sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to say to him. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are present with us here. I thank you that you are in this place we ask that you would speak in the way that your Holy Spirit speaks uniquely to our own condition, that you would speak in the way that each person needs to hear you today. In your name, amen. I've been watching WandaVision. What about you? Anyone watching WandaVision? Anyone watched it? Really? Only a few? A few? Okay. Don't worry, I'm not going to give anything away. But I have really been captivated by the story of WandaVision. And part of that is I've been very intrigued by the character of Wanda. So you will have to uh, watch that at some point in your life and see if you can hang through to like episode three, right? And then you're going to really like it. So, uh, but without telling you anything, I will tell you this. Wanda is desperately trying to control her understanding of her world. And in that way, I can relate to Wanda, and I wonder if you can as well, because certainly it's part of our human condition to try to hold and control our reality as much as we can. And certainly in this time in our world, our entire world is trying to control their reality. Because whether it's being stuck in a sin-sick system, or the results of trauma, or the results of a virus, or the results of cancer, or war, or violence, or shootings, or our own personal challenges, we would like to be able to control our outcome. We would like to be able to manage our world. Certainly that was happening, as Ben was talking about earlier, in Holy Week, where we find ourselves, that the people of those days were also trying to control the high priests, the temple chiefs, even the disciples, even Jesus' own people, his friends, were trying to control who? The Son of God. Everyone was trying to control the political implications 
And so we see that a week that begins in triumph on Monday, or on Sunday, as Jesus enters in the triumphal entry, and the crowds cheer for him, Hosanna, Hosanna, expecting that he's going to overthrow their political situation. And we end the week on Friday with everyone turning against Jesus in another effort to control destiny. In fact, this whole week, until we get to Sunday morning and perhaps a little bit beyond that even, is all about, all about disbelief instead of belief. It's all about lack of trust instead of trust. It's all about our need to control our own destiny instead of our desire to be released to the presence of Jesus, the Lamb of God. Jesus has a couple of stories in Scripture, well, a lot of stories, but two that I think speak to how we show up in this world and what it means to be present to Jesus in the midst of our human desires to seek to control our own reality. And I don't know what you're trying to control. In my world, this really speaks to my own heart because I'm always, it seems like, trying to control the outcome, trying to be organized or planative enough or think through all the ends or be prepared enough or do all the right things in order to somehow control my experience. So I wonder what you find yourselves trying to control today. So Jesus gives us some stories, and they're both about being asleep. And the first story is the one that we know pretty well, right? The one where Jesus goes into the boat with the disciples, and they're going to the other side. And as they cross, the storm rages up. The boat is tossed by the wind. And the disciples begin to really sweat it. They begin to be so stressed and anxious, and they start to try to do everything they can to keep the boat afloat. And if you can imagine in your mind's eye, I can imagine like the disciples like bailing water as fast as they could. I can imagine them rowing as hard as they can, and maybe even the oar breaking and looking, truly being at the end of their oar. I can see that boat being tossed in the turbulence of the sea. And this is such our human condition. We find ourselves in this ocean of our reality, and for most of us, whether it is this week or another week or in the future, we'll experience a profound sense of fear and anxiety that we are going to be overturned, that the storm is too great, that the winds are too much, that we are at the end of our oar, that the boat is filling up and sinking, and we will do just what the disciples did. We'll be like, Jesus, why are you not awake? Why do you not care? Where are you in my experience? And we will look for Jesus. And when we turn and our eyes focus away from the storm and instead are anchored on the person of God, Jesus will say these same words to us, peace, be still. Do you not know who I am? Peace, be still. And when we find ourselves in the turbulent ocean of life, because the storms will rage, they already have or they will in your life. They have in mine. I imagine they will again. But the answer is to turn our attention to the presence of Jesus. 
It's not to try to control and hold on more and more tight like our friend Wanda, to try to control and stretch everything we can do to make it work. But instead, it's about turning our eyes to the person of Jesus. Jesus tells another story about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, and it's the one I just read. So he gives us the place of recognizing his ongoing presence in our life. And then in this story, again, here we see Jesus, who is at his breaking point, giving us the example of when we find ourselves praying this desperate prayer, he teaches us how to pray. God, you can do anything. All things are possible. But may it be according to your will. This is our other story that we are given, our way of discipleship. That when the press and the storm, when everything comes down upon us, that Jesus himself taught us the way to pray, taught us the way to be present to God. But I wonder if we are also like the disciples in this story, asleep, unalert, and unawake to the presence of God in our lives. Whether we're in the midst of the storm or we're in the midst of our own Gethsemane, our nature is either to avoid or control our human condition to turn away or to do what we can, to strive and work hard and hold on to that reality with both fists, or to turn away and to fill ourselves up with anything that can take away the reality of the time. And Jesus gives us two real ways of discipleship when we turn to him. Peace, be still. Do you not know who I am? And a way to pray, may it be according to your will. A few years ago, <clears throat> a few years ago, well, it was a long time ago now. <laughs> it was actually probably right when I got out of, when I graduated from college, a few years out of Asbury. And I, I took a, a trip with a group of Asbury students, and uh, we went to the most beautiful, amazing country of India. And that trip and experience has truly shaped my spiritual identity and spiritual journey. And if you go there today, I've been back, and if you go there today, you could get a taxi and you could take it to this place called Kalikat. Because the city of Kolkata, where I'm talking about, is named for the goddess Kali. Now, the goddess Kali is their protector in Hindu, is a Hindu goddess who protects the people. She's kind of frightening to look at. She has around her waist a, a belt of skulls of the demons she has conquered. And her mouth is open and her tongue's extended, and she desires blood, the sacrifice of blood, in exchange for her protection of the people. So if you go to Kali Ghat, to this neighborhood, you will find the Temple of Kali today. If you want, you could go inside and see the worshipers and see the animal sacrifice and see the... The, the tank that people bathe in, and you can see the striving of the human condition. People who find themselves locked in a cycle of violence that seems to never end and will not end for them. 
in a world that is only about trying to make cosmic deals with their deity to please stop or cease or do or what it could be to try to control their human experience with no hope or end in sight of this cycle of violence, which simply demands more blood in exchange for some sort of protection that demands more blood in exchange for some sort of protection. But yet, if you go, you'll see deeply meaningful people trying to strive and control their reality. Well, if you also go to Kaligat, you also come across Mother Teresa's home for the dying. And if you go into this space, you'll first encounter some rows of cots, and you'll see these beautiful sisters today in their white saris with, trimmed with blue that do the very work of Jesus as they bring in the most destitute of Calcutta who are dying in the gutters and on the rows. And they bring them in to nurse them most often as they die. And if you enter this place, you can volunteer, you can go and be a part of serving people water and giving some basic medicines and washing clothes by hand and feeding people who can't feed themselves. But you will notice in this place that there is such a sweet presence of Jesus that the people in the home for the dying, where it would seem that all has been taken from them, and it has, but yet there is the presence of Jesus awake in that place. The reason I tell you this story is because Kali, the temple of Kali and the home for the dying share a wall. And that has captured my imagination because this in a way, is the work that Jesus did for us on the cross. That Jesus is in one foot in the home for the dying, which is all about the hope of heaven, which is all about the presence of Jesus, which is all about the power of the Holy Spirit to invade in a moment of total lack of human control that meets in the human condition at that moment and gives hope and redemption and freedom as people encounter the presence of Jesus. But yet we know that Jesus also has one foot in all of the suffering and the pain and the out-of-control violence in our world that is represented in the temple of Kali. All of the cycle of the world that seems to never end, the violence, and Jesus is present in all of the suffering. And when Jesus came on the cross for us, he takes all of the hope of the world and all of the suffering of the world and he holds it in himself, in his hands. And it is resolved in the being of Jesus that we no longer have to strive and beg and seek to control because we have a Messiah who overcome death. First Peter says it like this, Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that free from our sins we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were going astray like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the guardian of our souls. 
Jesus holds all of the hope of heaven, all of the redemption of the world. Jesus holds all of the suffering and is dealt with in the person of Jesus that we no longer have to try to control our own reality. We no longer have to try to control and make a way because Jesus has done the way. So Lord Jesus, we thank you that you meet us You meet us with all of the hope of heaven. We thank you that we no longer have to strive and try to control our outcomes. We thank you that you meet us, that you are present with us in the storms, that you meet us in our deepest moment of pain, that you meet us there and you teach us to pray as Jesus prayed. We thank you, Lord, that you have done the work We ask, Lord, that you would teach us to be present to you.